Hey, football freaks, it's Alan. Just want to take the time here to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you're thinking of doing a podcast, there is a way for you to do a show without having to become an audio editing master, a production whiz kid. You can just go to prettyeasypodcasts.com and get your own personal producer at a very, very low cost. That'll be someone who can guide you, assist you, help you out with whatever you need, get your podcast off the ground. If you have an idea or a topic you want to talk about on a weekly basis, a daily basis, it doesn't matter. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. Get started today. Take some of the hassle of starting a podcast off your shoulders and let the audio professionals at Pretty Easy Podcasts help you out. Pretty Easy Podcasts is where podcasters go to get their shows recorded and posted with a complete podcast studio at their disposal. Record from home or your office or anywhere, really. Pretty Easy Podcasts caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com, sign up today, be heard, have some fun podcasting, and don't let a lack of technical knowledge hold you back. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com today. The 2020 XFL season is almost here. And we're hard at work making this great game even better. But we need your help. If you want to add your ideas to the game you love, then join FAN, the Football Advisory Network. As a member of FAN, your voice will be heard because we want what fans want. Your ideas can become part of the XFL in 2020. Like on the field, in the rule book, or even my office. Sign up today at footballadvisorynetwork.com. And reserve your tickets at XFL.com. is the future this is not the past the new xfl will kick off in 2020 it's still football but it's professional football reimagined this is our moment our story to tell this is history begun this is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of November 24th, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. This week, the XFL formally announced its plans for training camp, held its supplemental draft, and looked to fans for advice. On how to reimagine the game. This is episode 97. We got Pep. And we also got uh, Jake and Vince joining us in a little bit to talk about this week's cover two. Uh, this week, Bryant, a week where we are storming down that road towards kickoff in 2020. Where we're only 11 weeks from kickoff. And one of the busiest weeks to date in terms of all the action going on from the supplemental draft that we're going to break down, from the news that players receive their contracts, from the news that, oh, well, you know, some teams have their mini camp set, training camp is set, lots to talk about. 
Alan, it really is just a hodgepodge of information coming out of the XFL. Before it was like one announcement a week, right? It was sometimes you'd get two if it meant two different subjects. Oof. Right now, it is lots of stuff, a variety of information Tough every single day. In so many different regions. Yes, oh, you man. have contracts, you have players, you have rules, you have everything coming at us. It's it's really just an, an astonishing time for us to be. Uh, doing what we're doing because there's so much coming out here that I really don't know yeah. if 11 weeks is enough to cover what happened this week. It's all yeah, right. It's a lot. It's a lot. Good thing though. Good thing. We have uh, a podcast like this where we could help keep everything out in front of everybody. That's what we're here for. Good thing. XFL.com is going around the league, giving us all the information. I just, I just have it propped up right here in front of me and it's very <laughs> easy to follow can- now. If I can, based on last week's, I did get lost in XFL.com for a few hours over the weekend uh, after we recorded our show just because of all the great content on there. So thank you for that. Hello, Alan. I I told you. It's legit. And uh, this show's going to be legit. We have so much to tell you about that happened in the XFL this week that you need to know. Uh, And we told you it would be a busy, busy week. All these announcements. Oliver Luck was in Houston. Big announcement this week. The whole the whole league hyped up. Houston will be hosting the 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 training camp, and they were throwing the X's up down there. Do you see that they were doing the X pose, Brian? That's the thing to do. <laughs> so next time we do a, we get a picture together, we got to throw that X up. We haven't done that yet. <laughs> now is now we, we we think we can get a picture with Oliver Luck doing the X. That'd be quite amazing. It will happen. Uh, Vince and Jake, like uh, <laughs> Vince and Jake, are going to join us, like Alan said, to talk about this. But yes, without going into so much detail, yes, it's it's super exciting. Uh, what the XFL is doing for training camp, but trying to bring all the teams together and as many fans and 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 really just all the production people, right? ESPN and Fox together uh, to try to get one centralized hub for for this kickoff yes. to make it as big as possible. So we'll get into that in a little bit, I'm sure, with mm-hmm. with our buddies here. But yeah, huge week on that side for sure. Yep, and then of course the fan advisory network we're going to talk about uh, that we're having fun on the internet with. All that stuff, plus we have a good crisp interview with D.C. Defenders head coach and general manager Pep Hamilton. Of course, the patrons caught it earlier in the week, but we will uh, roll out that interview. Brian and I conducted with Pep Hamilton here on the show today, and uh, 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 just so much to get into with him, especially uh, with that roster and what the the turnover that's already happened with that team and what they had to do in the supplemental draft that we're going to talk about. A very, very good, crisp interview indeed with Pep Hamilton coming up on the show. And, of course, for future interviews, if you ever have questions for any of our guests, the coaches we're going to be talking to, uh, players, anything you need asked. I mean, not only, of course, is the league super accessible to fans, they're they're listening to you. We say it every single week. But if you want us to relay anything from you, since we talk directly to some of these coaches and players now, uh, please follow at XFL Show. Or hit us up on the XFL fan line at 724-565-4XFL and let us know what you want asked. We always appreciate uh, you know, the questions, Brian. I like picking what fans are talking about and relaying it to the coaches. We did some of that with Pep Hamilton. I, I mean, he, he really emphasized one aspect of his team that I think people are going to be pretty hyped for if they are D.C. Defenders fans in this interview. Yeah, we're not going to spoil what that aspect is. You're going to have to listen to the interview to find that out. Alan, I've been I've been meaning to tell you this, and I haven't told you this off air, so I'm going to tell it to you right now. I'm going to say that our XFL fan line was almost like the first uh, fan advisory board, right? That's where your voice would, was heard by as many people as possible who are in love with XFLs. So still, that's still going, so check that out, right? 724-565-4XFL. 
uh, because there's there's so much happening that you're going to have questions and, and you can just pop that number into your cell phone, give us a call and, and who knows, we can actually ask that question to one of our future interviews with coaches and players or even uh, uh, league executives. Yes. Anytime, anywhere, 24, seven, 365, that number is available for you to leave a voicemail. Uh, other stuff that happened going into this week's show, uh, Luis Perez, quarterback of the LA Wildcats, Bryant seen working out with the legend himself, hall of famer, Kurt Warner, I mean, you got to be hyped. I You said you told me about it. I hadn't seen the social media posts yet. I said, are you sure he was working out? Was it actually Kurt Warner? And then I looked <laughs> at it and, yep, Kurt Warner showing Luis Perez how important footwork is playing quarterback. This was a little bit of a flex, I'm going to say, by the XFL and the Wildcats. Because if you remember correctly, Kurt Warner was a part of the AAF's uh, inaugural uh, kickoff show. And, and he was never even close to the players. Now they're bringing him in in the preseason to help coach up Luis Perez and the Wildcats. This is a great move by, by them. But in, in all seriousness, though, as well, Kurt Warner to have that um, coaching by a, by a Hall of Famer, nonetheless. Alan, how you put over the XFL.com last week, I'm going to put over all the XFL social media accounts. There is tons of stuff, great stuff happening with their interviews, Cool little snippets of discussions between coaches and team presidents. And Cardale Jones and, and Pat McAfee Cardale. also talking three-point yeah. conversion. That was good stuff. That was on there as well. Uh, Nelson Spruce took over the the uh, the Wildcats Instagram story as well. So it's it's a, a lot of fun to be had there as well. So go and check all those uh, different social media accounts uh, at XFL and then insert team name uh, there. So that way. Uh, you're not missing out on anything because, Alan, we're, we're, we're churning through a lot of content, xfl.com and all these social media accounts to help put it together a show. But there are things that we just can't talk about. it, So make sure you're going to that uh, to check all those things out. Absolutely. There, there's a lot of fun stuff there. And again, stuff that, you know, in another time, in another place, we would probably spend the entire show talking about. But we have way too much to get into with the training camp announcement, a mini camp announcement, supplemental draft, fan advisory network our football advisory network excuse me a fan as we're calling it we're going to get into all of that and we're going to start with this week's cover two right before we get into the cover two though for everybody listening here on the main feed we got to tell them about what's going on on patreon because they're missing out if they're not there there's a lot of great stuff, Alan. We talk about it every single week here on This Is The XFL Show, but we're not lying. I mean, really, that Pep Hamilton interview that you're going to hear in a little bit was actually up there a week ago. You could listen to Pep Hamilton and what he had to say about the team a week ago. Those are the types of things that we're throwing up there. We have bonus coverage. Me and Jake went into depth about the quote that Steve Levy said last week about why the NFL wants the XFL to succeed. A lot of great content, a lot of... Um, bonus material that you're not going to hear us talk about here so much you're definitely going to hear us about there because we're limited you know we only have so much time on this regular podcast the patreon is where we go to kind of uh, you know as as my friend heather carrot says it's a blank sheet of paper we really do what we want on the patreon so go check that out and don't forget our this is not the xfl show where we talk all football that is not the xfl around the league and college football uh, it's really a time to be had and if you're into the cfl as well alan's got something there for you too as well great coach patreon.com <laughs> patreon.com slash this is the xfl check it out uh, you can start there for as low as one dollar 
bunch of tears. Get get yourself what you want. It's a lot of fun, Alan. I know you and I are going to be having a great time uh, with this November uh, bonus show coming up here. Pretty soon. Oh, yeah. I love the big monthly bonus shows. The early access is a, a major part of it. It's unhinged. It's football talk for you uh, all day, every day. All sorts of different stuff for you to interact with. Different tiers. I mean, we love you so dang much for just considering the show and just subscribing to the free feed. But if you love us enough to give to the Patreon... I mean, we're going to make sure we give you extra, extra special content there. So appreciate you checking it out. Of course, as Brian said, patreon.com slash this is the XFL show. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. Now we welcome in Jake and Vince. Uh, do you guys want to do your intros like you usually do at the beginning of the show? These people, they know who I am, <laughs> but, but they don't know why I'm here today. Uh, they do. You're here to talk about training camp. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, Jake, are you still Jake? Uh, would you ever imagine that we are closer than ever to kickoff? <laughs> they do know how to make an entrance. All right. Cover two. P- first portion of really, uh, I don't know if I've ever put this much in a cover two rundown, Bryant. This is a big one because there's some big news. Training camp officially announced, formally announced this week to be held in the city of Houston, Texas, January 4th to January 22nd in eight different stadiums across the Houston area. Each team will have their own, uh, I guess you could call it, a headquarters, uh, practice facility, uh, training camp area of the, of the city. It's going to be super interactive. It's going to be amazing. It is very different from anything you've experienced in terms of a, a league's preseason and a training camp, I think. This is so cool, the way they set it up. And let's just run down real quick where each team will be. First of all, before I do it, though, Vince, I just want to get your thoughts on it. Houston being the city to host this thing. Right call? I think so, yeah. It obviously had to be in the South. And uh, I, I think Houston or Dallas yep. you know, was going to have the most uh, you know, readily available facilities. I think this is an excellent idea. Um, think about, you know, uh, we know, you know, people, fans of NFL teams, they love to go to, you know, their team's training camps. Imagine if you could just stay in one place and go to eight different training camps, uh, how cool that would be. I, I think this is outstanding. Yes. This is a destination for XFL yes. fans. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what we're getting into here. So, Jake, I don't know if you quite grasp what's going on here with the training camp. I know you always have good questions. Do you, do you understand what's happening here? <laughs> do you realize... <laughs> I don't think I, I don't because you're not you're you're not doing cartwheels the the way the rest of us are, are jumping no, around I, here. I feel like I realize, and unless there's something that I that I'm not getting, it seems fairly straightforward to me. Eight facilities. This is like this is like a almost like a a convention or like a, a, a almost turning the entire city of Houston into a football amusement park. If you ask me, here are the eight different uh, stadiums you'll be able to find XFL teams uh, having their training camp. Dallas, the Renegades, will be at Daryl Tully Stadium now. That is a huge high school stadium. It houses a handful of local teams, and that's what the the city has is they have area high school stadiums. These are like ten to 20,000 people uh, uh, facilities that are really conducive uh, for for training camps and big-time high school football the way Texas likes it. So that's where Dallas will be. D.C. will be 
in a college football stadium, Rice University's Rice Stadium. The Houston Roughnecks obviously will be in their home stadium, TDECU Stadium, at the University of Houston. Bryant, the Los Angeles Wildcats get Alex Durley Stadium, home of uh, the Texas Southern football team. So I'm sure that's where you'll be spending most of your time. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, yeah, that's where the party is going to be happening. So if anybody wants to have a great time, that's where you're going to spend most of your time. Safe to say, yeah, I was going to say, safe to say most media, at least media are going to probably be flocking to that stadium just to see Winston Moss yelling at, at his players during training camp. I'm going to say for the first seven days, this one's going to be the least visited because after the eighth day, only people are only going to want to go to this one. Oh, so they're just going to say, let's get everything out of the way and then just spend the rest of the time exactly. watching I will coach, be coaching like a crazy man. Get Coach Moss coaching like like a crazy man at Alex Durley Stadium. That's Texas Southern. Uh, the New York Guardians will be at Husky Stadium, which is the home of the Houston Baptist University football team. St. Louis Battlehawks will be at W.W. Thorne Stadium, another huge high school area stadium. Uh, they they have a handful of teams calling that place home locally seattle the dragons they'll be at del mar stadium a twelve thousand person high school stadium this one's cool uh the film rushmore was filmed there and also the vikings vince uh they practiced there prior to super bowl eight how about that uh, uh I, real didn't quick. work out so well yeah, for I them i guess say. but uh <laughs> but uh good for them yep so it's a pretty historical facility right there for the seattle dragons and then tampa bay will be at the humble uh, high school area uh, uh, stadium. That's it's another one of those large local area high school stadiums that fits 10,000 plus people. So a mix of those, you know, really big high school facilities that are home to multiple uh, teams and some colleges in the Houston area. The key press release notes you could take from this that the XFL announced this week is that uh, this is, this is, uh, my favorite part is that there will be uh, 10,000 room nights for players and staff who will be consuming more than 60,000 meals during their time in Houston. Uh, they did the calculation there. But the cool thing is that this is expected to generate over $7 million of revenue for Harris County, according to the Houston Sports Authority. And you've got over 1,000 players and coaches and staffs and game officials, production teams, media all descending on Houston for this uh, really three-week extravaganza as these teams get ready to play football all across the Houston area. Now it's open up for us to talk about um, what do you think of the stadiums, Jake? The fact that they're using you know these high-quality, highly uh, you know touted uh, high school stadiums that you know are really infamous in Texas, and then some college stadiums as well. Yeah, I mean, for some people that, uh, you know, are going to try to be negative about this, they're going to see high school stadium and they're going to think, oh, you know, it's a, it's a little uh, rinky dink dog and pony show. But, you know, these are, again, we're in the great state of Texas here. So like you said, 10,000, 12,000 plus high school stadiums. This You're not in Mudlick, Kentucky anymore, folks. Or Latrobe, uh, La- La- Pennsylvania. Even. <laughs> you're right. These are, uh, these are big times. I, I want to talk about, Okay, we, you know, we talked about the expected revenue going into the to the town. I mean, just imagine, uh, you know, if you had a party bus in, in the greater <laughs> Houston area that you could just drive people around back and forth, or imagine how many poker runs are going to be trying to hit up 
uh, all eight of these stadiums throughout the day. I it, it really makes it like a, a different it, kind of event. It opens it up to so so many different things. Like for fans, you have a chance to go look at more than one team. You can maybe maybe someone will try to do them all in one day. That seems like something yeah. Bryant would would attempt to do. I'd be crazy enough to try that if you want to, Bryant. Um, but it, so many different opportunities for from preseason games and scrimmages. It really puts everybody in the same city, makes it easy for obviously for the league and the teams, but easy for fans and media too to have access to all these teams. It's it's all in one place. It's unlike anything we've seen, especially when we think of the NFL, Vince, and how that's just spread out all over the country. And really, even today with the NFL Network, hard to keep track of a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's the closest, you know, in the NFL that you have teams, you know, maybe like a couple hours drive away uh, here, they're all going to be all, all centered together. Uh, it, it's really going to be in you know, the center of uh, the XFL universe descending on Houston. This is their this is their baseball spring training. That's what this is. I mean, if you really think about it, spring training kind of gathers within a decent amount of, of mileage, I guess you can say, yeah, they in use Florida whole, and in yeah, Arizona. They use whole states, and we're using one okay. whole city here. Yep. Good analogy. But, but but people do come together, you know, that people make trips out of going to Arizona or Florida for the for the spring to see spring training. And this is what this is. This is a pretty uh, important thing that's happening for the XFL because you're going to get all these eight teams in one area. Somebody could go down there, Alan, for maybe not one day and see all eight, but two or three days, go see what's happening, you know, have a lot of information, a lot of great content for them to record and fans to go and see. Maybe they haven't picked a team. Maybe they don't know what they want to do. Maybe they're just interested in seeing what's going on. There's a lot of great things by, by centralizing this and putting it all together. Forget the fact that they're actually just having a decent amount of time for training camp. I mean, we're not even talking about that. We're just talking about the fact that they're actually getting together and and, and putting this uh, on display for everyone to see. They're giving themselves so much time. So the benefit of training camp is one thing. And now the exposure, the fans that they're going to be able to develop, uh, they're going to be able to do so many things with this. And it's really a great move by the XFL. Yeah, I think the spring training analogy hits the nail on the head. But even more so concentrating it, those are, you know, Still, you've got some drives, but people make, I mean, hardcores for baseball teams make those uh, trips down to Florida, especially. But this is now, if you're a fan of football and a fan of not even one team or any team yet, you go there and you just have access to all this. And it's going to be, you know, scrimmages, preseason games, training camp fun, access to players and coaches. Maybe you get to go to meet and greets. I mean, the XFL is planning a whole bunch of stuff here uh, over the course of these three weeks. And, yeah, you're right. You bring that up too, Bryant. Three weeks. How important is three weeks? I mean, that's I don't I mean, we always compare because that was the last spring league we all watched, but the AAF, Jake, do you remember them even putting any kind of effort into having a public training camp that actually got their teams prepared for their season? No, not at all. I, I think if they put up the money for a public training camp, there would have never even been a week one. Uh, probably uh this i mean this is a good problem to have if you're in the area or if you're going to be vacationing there you know it's kind of like going to disney who i think brian can can relate to uh you know you want to spend the most time at epcot but you also want to go to the you know that animal kingdom a little bit just to see if they improved it it's fun now what is that so then what does that mean so then Epcot is the is the LA Wildcats stadium uh, for, for him then... probably yeah, Epcot is the LA Wildcats <laughs> uh St. Louis is probably like MGM okay. I guess 
All right, that makes sense. Yeah, this is no, no. It's not like MGM because MGM doesn't <laughs> exist yet. I mean, like, doesn't exist anymore. Maybe in like ten years we can relate the battle. Well, well it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is. You're right. It is going. It's almost like a a playground for all XFL fans, right? Not to mention the fact that this training camp is also happening two weeks before the season even starts. So you're going to go through training camp, and then you're going to go back to your own uh, city and and practice some more. I mean, the tying. I don't want to overlook it, I guess, is because this announcement is great that they're all coming together in Houston. But the plan that they put in place to get these teams ready for the season is actually, to me at least, the most important thing of this entire announcement. And and the fact that the teams are going to be in close proximity with each other so that they can, you know, get out on the field and, and you know, uh, get physical with each other and get out there and actually uh, exercise, you know, through the new rules in real time, in you know, instead of against yourself, it's always more difficult to try to run through real life game scenarios uh, against your own squad. To do it, you know, maybe one. I'm sure that they're going to have you know travel days where one day the LA team will be over at Husky Stadium with the New York team, and you're going to be seeing scrimmages and preseason games, basically simulated preseason games. Vince, this is super important for the quality of season one in the XFL. Yeah, I, I think, you know, any sort of, you know, live scrimmages against uh, other other teams, uh, I think that's going to be important. Um, you know, we see in the NFL some, you know, joint practices. I'm not quite sure how I feel about those. But uh, I, um, certainly these uh, a, a couple scrimmages, I think, is going to be absolutely huge. Controlled scrimmages. And I'd like to get Jake's opinion on this because I, I have a feeling – he would rather these teams not touch until the first week. Just the quality yeah. of the play. You, you know me pretty good. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give anything away to the other squads. And I think it's just the the anticipation. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I, I was thinking about, I was thinking more about which two teams are going to be in the first bar fight. <laughs> yeah, wow. it does. It does. <laughs> I mean, everybody's in the same town too, so it does open it up for the players to, you know. Maybe I'm, not not get into trouble while they're in Houston, but uh, interact and, and see what happens. Well, you know, I, I think of the movie Cool Runnings when you mentioned that. Jake just like <laughs> everybody's I at a rodeo. Be, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, say, uh, the Dragons egged the field house of the Defenders <laughs> one morning. What kind of uh, um, curfew do you think uh, they're going to have to have on these teams? I mean, uh, I think just, it's just to a, keep them separated. It's it's going to have to be up to the coaches, I think, <laughs> you know, on a coach-to-coach uh, basis. Do you think Coach Moss is going to have a rule that if you lose a bar fight against uh, a member <laughs> from the other team that you're automatically kicked out? Yeah, LA don't come back. stands for excellence. Uh, the, the, the interacting or between more, between Maybe the even a fan, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the interacting between the teams is also really interesting. Having training camp among the other teams in the league is, I mean, that's not even in spring training. Some teams usually across leagues, Bryant share a stadium or, or, you know, somewhat close by, but still in different towns. I mean, they're all in Houston. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. The media has a lot of opportunity for a ton of stories here for sure. And also let's not gloss over the fact that the media and the, the production teams will be there. We're talking Fox and ESPN. Bryant are going to be there probably also basically running their own training camps of how to cover these games uh, before they go live on February 8th. Yeah, it's almost like also a study group, right, too, Alan, that everybody's going to go down there and learn everything they can about these teams leading up to the inaugural season. 
Uh, you can spend a day with the coaching staff, spend a day with the players. So ESPN and Fox being down there with their production staffs, getting a lot of footage for the games uh, themselves, as well as just knowledge about the game and about these players and about these coaches that the commentators and the announcers and the, in the broadcast, you know, sports center is not going to sound like they don't know what they're talking about because they're going to get this time and lead up uh, to actually learn about this and, and be invested in it as much as possible. So again, I, I keep saying it, but I'll say it again is, is this is a great thing for the XFL, but not, but not just because yeah. of the exposure, but because of the timing and everything that goes along with it for us fans, broadcasters and all league personnel involved. I like what you said there, Brian, because, you know, we, we talked about, this is huge for the quality of the play, mm-hmm. uh, getting these guys ready to go, but also uh, just the promotion of the league. And you talked about sports center and you got to think Fox is going to be heavily involved here. You know, you send people down there, you chronicle this thing, and you get people hyped for the week after the Super Bowl for the kickoff uh, of the XFL season. Yeah, while the playoffs in the NFL are going uh, going on at this time, uh, these networks are going to be able to you know break away from the the monotony of the same storylines over and over again and give people glimpses and get like you said get them hyped uh, for the XFL. Interested to see how they cover training camp three jam-packed weeks of uh, team development in Houston, Texas, and it's going to be super exciting. We we all think this this is pretty much the right way to do it. It's a different kind of way to do it, and it's a fan, fan-friendly way to do it. Can't wait to hear also just you know exactly what fans are going to be able to do when they go to training camp in Houston uh, January 4th through January 22nd, but also this week we said that we would be getting mini camp announcements, Brian, and one team revealed so far what they'll be doing in December, and that is the LA Wildcats, who will be reporting for three weeks in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada at UNLV starting on December 4th through the 19th. We're going to be hearing from other teams where they will be holding their mini camps prior to training camp in Houston. But really big news this week for the L.A. team. The Wildcats taking their mini camp over to Vegas. Bryant, were you surprised? I was actually very surprised that they were leaving the markets. You know, we've talked about how the XFL, if you go back and listen to the archives, how the XFL is very focused on these local markets, right? I think they want to get it right with the eight markets that they've chosen uh, and haven't really branched out to other markets. Maybe you talk a little bit about Dallas going to Oklahoma, but that's probably more of the tie with with Bob Stoops. LA's venturing out not only of the city, but of the state and headed over to Vegas for, for probably many reasons, uh, one of which is to probably gain more fans. What's going on, Vince? You okay? I, I don't. I mean, first of all, I got to. Uh, <laughs> LA's got enough people, I would say. I, I don't think you need to go to Vegas to to gain more fans um and, and to me i think this is a mistake uh for Ooh. the wildcats uh why would you go to a place like vegas with all these distractions you know you got you're going there to get work done it, you know if i was going on the road with the wildcats i'd be going to somewhere like big bear uh and, and <laughs> do some good training uh to to, to get ready do for this they, season do they have, the los angeles do they have football I mean, fields just as part of big, big bear, bear as it is to yeah. vegas yeah it's well, just as far, but there'd be no, there'd be no distractions. Uh, it, you know, I, I can't, I just can't believe this in you know, that the coach boss would take his team to, to Las Vegas of all, all places. 
you know, players could be getting in all kinds of trouble. Uh, this, I, I think this is bad news uh, for the Wildcats. I really do. Well, well, here, let me, let me read this statement from the, from the Wildcats when they, when, from the press release here, the Wildcats will be at the forefront of the XFL initiative to introduce the league to the Las Vegas market and the sports gaming community. Mm. We'll be sending out additional details with regard to media opportunities, fan engagement, and asset availability to keep you close to the action wherever you are. Mm -hmm. So really, it's not just fan engagement, Vince. I think you're going to have to look at that second piece. Mm -hmm. That's probably to why they're going out there so much. Mr. Gambler, come on, Vince. What are you talking about? This is (laughs) Vegas. This is the XFL. Think of the. I know that you're thinking of it as just the team, the LA Wildcats, but this is also the league venturing into Vegas where they are going to need to have a presence in order to engage with the gambling community, the sports betting community, and and get that off the ground as well, get people interested in the league when it comes to the billion-dollar industry we know as sports wagering. Well, it's to me, and and I'd like to talk to some bookmakers about this. I'd be very curious to hear their opinions on this, but it's not like, all right, that the you know the the Vegas community or, or anybody you know you know if you're unaware about the XFL uh, and especially from a gambling perspective, just seeing that oh my God they're having a mini camp in the in the town, I don't think that's automatically going to spike this huge boon and in, in interest for uh, for sports. It's gambling not just on, having on, the on, mini camp in there and saying hey look at us. It's also engaging with them, talking to the these the people at these casinos and in the community and well, getting them what involved the need to be there for that because it gets <laughs> the league it gets the league actually in the city and, and it gets everybody near each other that way you could have conversations and who and then you maybe get casinos to promote people uh the xfl is something for people to bet on for people to get interactive with jake you come in on this one what do you think of think of it vince super skeptical here uh i think he's absolutely cuckoo banana berries here thinking anytime going to vegas when it comes to being any kind of franchise is a bad thing there's a reason why the nhl and the nfl are flocking to vegas well i'm going to be short and to the point here if i could convince my employer to send me on a work trip to fabulous las vegas i would take it no questions asked There you go. <laughs> I can't believe Vince of all people. Vince, you love your go. Aren't you in Vegas right now? Aren't you? Yeah. As of this live on tape recording. Uh, <laughs> but the thing, I, I just don't understand why this is, you got to have a mini camp there to promote this. I mean, you could easily, you know, have, you know, uh, you know, gamblers or, or you could easily have representatives of the league go to uh las vegas and and talk with with bookmakers and casinos uh the aaf and i mean you know what they did was they had that preseason game or whatever the hell it was uh in uh san antonio and members of the of the uh gaming community went down there to to observe that game so why do that when when you could go to Vegas to them, a team is close enough to you know it's fine for them to practice there, and you as a league are, are talking and engaging in whatever kind of conversations will have in they'll have in Vegas, and 
What if someone says, let me, what about your operation? Can I take a look at it? Can I see what you got going on? Oh yeah. There just so happens to be a mini camp right down the road at UNLV. Doesn't that make sense? Well, I don't, but what are they going to gain from it? That, that's what, if, if you told me that they were having all the training camps there, like they did in Houston and there was going to be some scrimmages and that kind of stuff, you know, I could buy that, that that would be valuable to the gaming community. And I, I, I think that the gaming industry in Vegas is going to be sending people to Houston. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Um, but I don't, just don't see what they're going to be gaining a, a whole lot from it. You know, I mean, what, what, are, what are they going to get out of this? You know, they've already they probably already talked with, uh, you know, representatives from the league. Yeah. I mean, if and if they really want to go. Uh, watch a game. It doesn't matter if it's in uh, right down the road at UNLV or if they got to fly to Houston. I don't. I don't think it matters. You know, they're they're this is a billion dollar industry. You know, they'll fly wherever they got to to get information. So why wouldn't you go there for a piece of that billion dollar industry and try to get a sliver of hope? What what uh, are they, from what, that what, what are they trying to get, gain? What 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 is the excess interest to gain about interest interest is, is into the their casino, product? Is the casino unless the casino is going to be buying? Uh, no. you know, you're, proprietary you're, information uh, uh, from the XFL. Uh, they're not really the XFL is not really gaining anything. You know, yeah, the gaming interest will help, but it's not like the casino is going to give a cut of the winnings to the XFL. That's not going to happen. But eyeballs on your television are what's going to get the XFL more money. That's that's all it is. You're, you're just you're trying to get into an I, industry I, that that exists. Hold on, Vince. You're trying to get into an industry that that literally is why football is as big as it is. You, you, you talk about fantasy or you talk about just straight betting or daily fantasy. Football is this massive giant because of gambling. And if you want your more eyeballs on your television, why wouldn't you want to be a part of that billion-dollar industry and just have a little sliver of it to get a couple more eyes on you? It's on already going to be a part of it. I, I don't think it's necessary to, to have the mini camp a little there. More? I, I really don't. You don't think it's going to grow a little more by you going there and 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 getting the Vegas community involved with your with your product. The lot, the the sports book is going to put the line up there, and if and if people want to bet on it, they will. Yeah, I don't I don't think it it matters. You know, one bit whether they have this mini camp there or not. Dude, so you're saying that there's nothing to get out of it, but then is it is there anything detrimental towards going to Vegas? I mean, why not? It's not far from L.A. I, you got a facility, a universe. A quality if, university if was, giving you a facility to use for a couple weeks? If I was, let me say this, you know, for the XFL as a whole, this don't mean a hill of beans. But if I was an L.A. Wildcat, if I, w- if I was in, in that group and I was trying to get my team ready to play, uh, Las Vegas is probably the last place I would take them to get ready for that. I've never been to Vegas with Vince, but I'm scared. The way he talks about it, it's like well, it's, it's, Vince goes it's, there it's for a scary for, place. He doesn't go there to work. At least I don't. I don't think you do. <laughs> you, you go there for pleasure, and I think you're you're afraid that there's going to be too much pleasure going on when these. There's a lot. There's a lot of temptations in that town. <laughs> I think you're thinking of old Vegas, Vince. This is a sports town now. I love it, and the L.A. Wildcats. I'm sure they will too. December fourth through December nineteenth, more teams to roll out their uh, training camp or excuse me mini camp locations over the coming days 
And uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, fun to see. What if other teams are maybe going to be in Reno or in uh, New Orleans? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. Um, if you're I, going to Reno whenever the Wildcats <laughs> are going to Vegas, you're just giving up. Yeah. You just, yeah, New Orleans wouldn't take an XFL team uh, there for a training camp. Not not what one bit whatsoever. Where, where do the New Orleans Saints have their training camp, Alan? Uh, in Metairie, I think they well they used to have it in West Virginia, but they moved it back to their their home facility. Okay, yeah, and then you've you've got a lot of places to have camps actually in New Orleans. Maybe one day, um, but yeah, we'll 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 all get back to the mini camp arguments and locations, Vince. I'm sure you you'll have opinions on all the the seven other locations. Interested to see where those wind up. Part two of this week's cover two. We got to get to it, though. And actually, it actually ties into your outrage, Vince, because you're so uh, vocal. You're going to be able to be heard because the XFL this week rolled out the Fan Advisory Network. Uh, Brian, you came to uh, – you were uh, enlightened, uh, actually, in the middle of the week whenever you realized uh, the announcement and and the name of the the fan – a network that the XFL rolled out. You realized something about it, didn't you? <laughs> Just catch that right away. I didn't catch it right away. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty much a couple months ago when we heard about it. But I didn't think I didn't know if they would actually call it the fan. But we heard uh, at the top of the show the coaches inviting fans to join the fan. They're calling it Fan F A N Football Advisory Network. And the league's defining fan as a digital community that gives football fans who love the sport an interactive platform to share their feedback and have their opinions heard on all aspects of America's number one game and the new league. And if you signed up for it, you can right now at XFL.com, or you might have even gotten an email if you you know have been getting league emails. Uh, they sent you this. You sign up, you create a login, and it's it's exactly what it, 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 it says it is. It's a network. It's a message board. It's uh, a, a social media site, essentially. It's it's really fun. I've already uh, tinkered around on it. You sign up, and, and, and when you sign up, you get asked a bunch of questions, don't you, Brian? You and I both signed up, and you got asked things like what, where you live. I think some of them were uh, how many pro sports you, you watch. Yep. Yeah. How many games you attend, you know, just different questions to get a survey out there of, of exactly <laughs> joining and stuff. So I like how it asked. I understand it. I like how it asked how many games you plan on watching for each sport. And I, that actually took me a while. Like how many, how many college football games do I watch in a season? I, I, I don't know. I think I said around a hundred. Is this just a, you know, I, I got a lot of questions like usual. So uh, hold on. Is this just a big forum? that xfl.com is hosting or is it more than that it's uh, it's essentially a website that's the uh, the official message board forum social media site whatever you want to call it for xfl fans and football fans to gather and talk about the league so when you sign up you answer these questions you get your login and you get this dashboard and it's it's kind of like I don't know if you if you want to equate it to a Reddit because there are different posts, but it doesn't have the same visual as that. Um, but you you see some posts, you could click on them, you could reply to them, you could like them. I already jumped in there. Uh, there was a welcome thread, and I went in there and just said, uh, you know, I can't wait to talk more about with, uh, the XFL with fans here, and uh, you know, all you know, long live the uh, 
I think I said long live the double forward pass or something like that. I don't know. You can just interact with fans on there. And yeah, it's kind of like the official league forum, Jake. So you get in there and when you sign up, Jake, just to give you a heads up, you're going to be welcomed by the commissioner himself. On behalf of the XFL, I want to take a moment to thank you for joining our football advisory network. Your participation will help us know what you think, will help us listen to your feedback, in order to create the best possible game for you and all of our other fans during the 2020 season. Thank you again for your support and passion for the game. We do this for the love of football. This is the XFL. So that, that's it, Jake. It's, it's for fans to gather and talk about the league, essentially. Now, do you think there's enough time between now and kickoff to uh, make any changes <laughs> to the rule book or what have you based on what fans are saying, or do you think they're looking at this as looking at this as maybe a long-term prospect, maybe going into season two? No. Yeah. This is a, uh, uh, basically, a, a work in progress, a constantly evolving conversation on the sport, on the league. And it's a great way for the fans to directly link or link to the league and be heard by the league. And it's great for the league too, because uh, the league doesn't have to comb through social media, through Reddit, through whatever other forums there are on the internet. This is a way to directly engage with, with the fans by the league as well. So if you want, if you want to be heard, the league is saying, essentially go here, go to football advisory network.com, be a part of fan and, you could let us know what you think. And I think that's super cool. It's a direct line, fan to league. Now, it is early, but have you seen any petitions that people are trying to get signed <laughs> for? You so know? I saw this uh, one. I don't know where it is. Expansion it says, teams at, or anything. It says at Heel XFL, and it was trying to get the, the Wildcats from stopping to go to Vegas. It was really weird. I don't, I don't know <laughs> Vince, are you already on there? <laughs> I, I have not signed up yet, uh, but I, I do need to do that. Uh, because I, you know, I I want my voice to be heard. I've been writing down, uh, for over a year now, over eighty three weeks at least. Uh, I've been writing down ideas for for Mister Luck and the XFL, and I, I just I just can't wait to see them all implemented. It's uh, it's cool that this this website does have like all these different uh, fans chiming in and and. You know, I thought about that, Jake. I thought about combing through, seeing what people were saying exactly to maybe pick stuff out. But then I thought, okay, let's baby steps. It just rolled out this week. Let's just get to know what it is. But moving forward, I definitely think we're going to probably have to implement it into the podcast. Maybe the 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 football, the fan interaction of the week, maybe, or the fan post of the week. Maybe the best thing anyone said on the Football Advisory Network could be very interesting because already people are posting left and right on here. Oh, I'm still I'm sure there's a lot of stuff out of there, uh, you know, that we can try to pull from, pull from for even things that we haven't thought about or just uh, you know, uh, amusing yarns, you know, or such. Yeah, the the there there the best part is that you're already seeing like people those just like any forum, like those people who are just flooding is, their ideas already. There's like, is, is there any XFL fan fiction? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there might be about yeah. about what some of the uh, the coaches are doing. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll have to, you'll have to get a thread going, Vince, where you could look into the future and write some fan fiction about 
the disasters of the LA Wildcats and their antics in Vegas. Winston Moss let loose in Vegas in December. Uh, the- Jim Tre- oh, I was, t- I was going to say somebody had to be riding the Dolphins at Caesars or the Mirage. Uh, footballadvisorynetwork.com. You could link to it through xfl.com. Uh, it is uh, for anybody to sign up and jump in, and already people are interacting there. I am as a fan. Uh, you should too. Uh, Bryant, you're in there, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I signed up right away, and, and pretty cool. Uh, I like it. It's going to be interesting. I haven't spent a lot of time in there, uh, but I definitely want to get my name in the hat to be there. Uh, you got a handle? One of those inaugural. Uh, ooh, what was my handle? I think it's and I'm Bryant, kind of like my Twitter handle. Oh, Bryant, are you are you there. trying to apply for a moderator position already? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have not submitted my application though. Okay, I'll tell you what. That's the last. Yeah. That's the last thing I would ever want to do is be a moderator on an internet forum. That just sounds like the worst thing ever. Um, you could find me uh, on there. I'm username XFL Allen, and I, I found I found my <laughs> I found. Name. Yeah, that's my name, my username. And uh, I did find my post here. I, I went under the my first inaugural post, historic here, the Welcome to the Football Advisory Network thread. And I said, uh, long live the 25-second play clock was what I said. And also said, uh, let's get the fantasy interest buzzing here. That's where. So, Vince, if you have ideas for XFL fantasy, that's where you'd post it. Yeah. Or, or I, gambling I'll, or whatever. I'll, yeah. I, that That's something, you know. Bryant, you know, where you want to call up DraftKings, you want to call up FanDuel. Those are the people you want uh, to be involved in, in your uh, mini camps and things like that, uh, because that's where you know there's a huge market there, uh, and you know, providing some information there, I think, is really where you could uh, do some damage in something like daily fantasy, where they might not be as exposed. Uh, to, to the XFL products. Bookmakers, I have no doubt about it, will, will be heavily involved. But the Daily Fantasy, you got to get on that. Get on it soon. So here it is. The fan, fan is up and running. You can go join it now. And, uh, yeah, the cover, too. Oh, here's a quick bonus also. Um, our favorite uh, uh, president on Twitter, at least, uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks president, Kurt Hunziker, uh, became part of the St. Louis Sports Commission Board of Directors. Uh, this week so congratulations to him but also that's super important i mean now you've got uh jake a president of one of the teams is a you know a committee member for a city's you know well-respected highly influential a board that that's that that could go a long way for the xfl in st louis I guess this is like a chamber of commerce or, or something yeah, of like sports, that. a chamber of sports. Yes. It's a chamber a, of sports. Basically. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. From what we've been hearing, St. Louis does not need to be any more hyped. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone, everyone there knows and is ready, but yeah, still always good to have someone in a position like that. Yes. Uh, uh, Brian, do you think that we were talking about Kurt Hunziker's uh, cryptic tweets last week? Do you think that this is what he meant when he said he's excited about the blank? Can't wait for the blank and the blank and the blank. <laughs> so many things under wraps that we can't even really talk about. Uh, no, but I think this is kind of cool to to get more eyeballs on the XFL and, and especially for Mr. Hunziker himself to, to get this kind of opportunity. Uh, it's going to be great for the city. 
and but Jake's right. If you feel like you need more hype for that city, you're just trying to sell out the entire sixty thousand seat stadium at this point. Because uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to be pretty packed in there in that lower bowl uh, come 2020. I mean, you talk about ingraining yourself and really get, being a part of the community. That's one way to do it. I mean, that is an official way to do it. And that's really good, I think, for the XFL. And they're standing in that city of St. Louis that is already just ready for some dang football to be played in their dome. And uh, that does it for this week's cover, too. Jake and Vince appreciate you always speaking your minds asking great questions but if you're if you both are ready it's time to get to the good crisp interview that brian and i were able to conduct earlier in the week with dc defenders head coach pep hamilton let's hear it here we go it's time for pep hamilton of the dc defenders in this week's good crisp interview Hey, football freaks, it's Alan. Just want to let you know about a brand new football podcast that myself, Vince, and his wife, Pam, started. We want more people to hop on board and start listening because we are talking college football on a national scale with a very extreme Pitt Panther bias. It's called the Hell to Pitt Podcast, and yes, we do focus a lot on the Pitt Panthers, but if you just want to hear us talk more football, if you want a place to go listen to some college football talk, check out the Hell to Pitt Podcast, available on all podcast platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, it's out there. Subscribe today, Hail to Pit Podcast. It is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, and it is absolutely free of charge. Subscribe and review today, Hail to Pit. Good crisp football. Coach Pep Hamilton of the DC Defenders, welcome to This Is the XFL Show. A uh, big week for the league this week. Training camps announced. You're super busy, but you got to be having so much fun. It's so much fun. Uh, I can't deny it. I think um, our staff is, is is really fired up and ready to go and get a chance to get our team to D.C. and, and uh, you know, really give our team a chance to just come together and start to galvanize the locker room and come together and work as a team. Yep, you got all the team-building activities really uh, right there in the forefront. It's going to be happening pretty soon. But so far with the draft and putting your staff together and league meetings, what's been the most fun part of this process for you personally so far? I think putting the, putting our team together. The actual draft was uh, really exciting. It was different. You know, in, in, uh, in my previous experiences dealing with the draft, with a draft format, uh, I think uh, one year in Cleveland, uh, 2016, we may have drafted 14 players, and, man, we thought that was a tall task. Uh, try <laughs> drafting 70 football players. And so uh, I have to start off by commending our personnel staff. You know, it's Greg Gabriel, um, Gerald Dixon, Matt Cooper, and our coaches for doing a, a great job of evaluating guys that we felt like uh, could help us to build a monster in D.C. Well, Coach, you're about a month removed now from that monstrous uh, two-day event in that draft. But let's take a little step back and talk about the quarterback that assigned, that was assigned to you the morning of, really, when we found out. Uh, Car- Cardell Jones, your assigned QB. How do you feel about him, and, and how excited are you to have him quarterbacking your team in 2020? I feel like Cardell has all the tools to be a special, special quarterback um, and be, to, to really be one of the best quarterbacks in all of professional football. Uh, you know, he has the uh, championship pedigree. You know, he won a championship in college. And uh, I feel like he's a great leader. 
with uh, a tremendous amount of tools that should translate to him being successful in the XFL. You know, we're counting on Cardell and Tyree Jackson to both uh, really just bring a special element of uh, arm talent, arm strength, but mobility to our offense. So it should be exciting to see our quarterbacks play in our offense and play with some of the playmakers that we put around us. I know we were super pumped, Coach, when we saw Cardell got assigned to you, and I think he could be a special player too. I just don't take, don't be so rough on him on the basketball court, though. Jeez, oh man, <laughs> you took him to task. Uh, you know, it was um, it was just one of those days where <laughs> I had to remind him who the sensei was, and, and that was right before we went out on the field for an actual uh, a workout. You know, <laughs> to work on some quarterback drills. So I just had to get his attention. You did, you did. That was I love it. The, the the entertainment from that could have lasted us an entire show, um, and we love how the we love the access that the league's given us with that kind of stuff, Coach. So we're we're loving it. We're loving the personalities already uh, in the XFL, and there's plenty more to come. But uh, there there has been you know some some things you need to adjust to already. Uh, we know that we knew going into the draft that a lot of these players would be presented NFL opportunities and. You know, some D.C. defenders that you drafted got NFL opportunities. How important, then, is the supplemental draft and adapting to this uh, different kind of player acquisition schedule that we're on compared to what most of us are used to? You know, we anticipated um, that we would have, you know, some players that, that we we had interest in and ended up drafted. Uh, they would, you know, garner interest from the NFL as a result of the publicity that came about uh, from us drafting them, and that happened with the over the first overall pick in the skill position draft uh, that we made in uh, Rashard Davis. Uh, he was uh, recently signed to a uh, practice squad in the NFL, and uh, but we're excited to uh, have an opportunity to have his services once we uh, kick it off come February 8th. But uh, the supplemental draft is really important for us. It's really important for us to to continue to evaluate guys that we feel like can help our football team. And, uh, and and we feel like there's a talented group of players that we're going to have access to on Friday. So we'll see how it all pans out. And we, and we we're looking on, we're looking to uh, add some players that can compete for, for jobs on our team and ultimately help our team to win a championship. Well, coach with the anticipated rule book coming out, you know, here in a matter of weeks, we feel like you have to take that into account. I assume when you're drafting players, how do you, how do you see the new rules affecting players? Is it going to affect the offense or the defense more? I mean, how much are you taking that into account? And how do you prepare your players for something like that? You know, I, I think the biggest challenge for our players will be adjusting to the 25-second play clock. Our game is going to be an up-tempo game. And so, um, you know, traditionally, you know, guys have uh, 40 seconds all right, in between plays to catch their breath and regroup and, uh, and re get a quick recharge before the next play. Uh, but uh, that's not going to necessarily be the case. Uh, in our game. I think our game is going to be really exciting for the fans because it's going to be action packed, but it's going to, everything's going to happen a lot faster. You know, there's going to be uh, a little more bang for the buck in that window than you traditionally get from a, a three hour football game. So uh, I think the play clock is going to factor a ton into, um, into our game, how our game is played. Uh, and I also think uh, more importantly, it's going to give the fans something to be excited about. All right, uh, and it's going to be a quick turnaround in between plays. We're excited for the speed of the game, Coach. 25-second play clock. Safe to say that, that in training camp, cardio is going to be a big <laughs> emphasis for you, huh? Oh, without a doubt. You know, day one, we're going to hit the ground running. Guys have to be in shape. 
Uh, our game will be the ultimate war of attrition uh, for the big fellas. And I had to get used to moving around and moving around fast. And uh, we're excited to um, field the team that can do just that. Well, Coach, it's always you know interesting to go back and look at you know drafts and saying what was their strategy? Did you take the best player available? When we get to the defensive backstage, we noticed that you took uh, six corners uh, really you know in your first six rounds. Is that safe to say that coverage is a big thing? Were they the best players available? Maybe talk a little bit about how those corners are going to play a big part of your defense. Well, when you look at the offensive coaches uh, that are a part of the teams that we're going to play against, uh, without a doubt, it's going to be a tremendous task and challenge for us to uh, stop some of these accomplished passing gurus that we have in our league. And so what better way to do that than get, you know, quarterback, I mean, uh, to, to be able to get quarterbacks that can cover and cover for as long as they need to. But we also needed guys that can rush the quarterback. And so um, we feel like we have some good pass rushers. And uh, the pass rushers and the cornerbacks, they kind of go hand in hand in helping each other to do their job. So uh, we felt like the cornerbacks that we picked up, they all have tremendous speed. And uh, we need them to be able to cover long enough for our defensive ends and outside linebackers to sack their quarterback. Yeah, Coach, I'm super excited for your defense. Just some of the names, a lot of accomplished college players guys like Scooby Wright, guys like Sam Montgomery. Excited to see them play. They'll be joining you there in Houston for camp, spending most of January in Rice Stadium with your team. How excited are you for training camp? It was announced this week. And you, you, do you have your schedule already? You've got to be so pumped because that is really where you and your team are going to come together. Yeah, training camp is a time where, you know, when our team is going to really get an opportunity to um, – to, to work, to, to build some continuity. But at the same time, we're going to have an opportunity to face some of the other teams in our league. So it'll give us a chance to know what we're up against. And, uh, and more importantly, get, you know, give us a chance to establish an identity against another opponent. Uh, our guys over time, you know, it'll start to wear on them after facing each other in practice uh, each day. And so having someone else to beat up on is going to be a fundamental part of us really hardening our knuckles before our season starts. I love, I love the format of the training camp. Everybody in the same city and they're different nooks of Houston. It's going to be really cool. Um, and then, you know, you get to the season, Coach, and you and the D.C. Defenders, you're, you're hosting it. You're kicking this thing off. How special is it knowing that you're going to be hosting the very first game in the XFL against the Seattle Dragons at home? That's exciting. That's exciting for our franchise. Uh, I think uh, we take a lot of pride in the fact that uh, we're going to kick this thing off the same way that we did the uh, XFL uh, draft a couple few weeks ago. Uh, we have the pieces in place to have a special, special team, and we're going to put the work in. We feel like um, we're going to build, build a team that's tough and smart uh, and, and ultimately a team that's going to find a way to win games. Uh, and uh, what better way to start our journey to, uh, to the XFL championship than to host the Seattle Dragons on February 8th? in D.C. at Audi Field. Uh, we hope that the place is jumping, and, uh, and they're going to have to come in, and, and we're going to make sure that they fill us. You know, We want to impose our will on our opponents. We're going to be a physical team, and uh, regardless of the elements, uh, we're going to play a hard-nosed brand of football that's exciting at the same time with the ball flying all over the place. So it'll be fun to see. Well, Coach, uh, your season kicks off, like we just said, the first week of the year, and you mentioned in hard-nosed, uh, you know, tough football – what else can you know fans expect from the D.C. Defenders as you're kicking off the season here in February of 2020? Well, we have a fast team. We have a fast team. 
Uh, we drafted, I want to say, in the range of eight to ten guys that run uh, four, 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 three in the forty-yard dash. And so um, you're going to see some really tough, fast football players running all over the field. Uh, we want to make sure that the fans have a reason to stand up in their seats and uh, enjoy the game that America loves the most. And so uh, you'll see a fast, tough, smart football team that uh, takes a, t- a tremendous amount of pride in uh, in just doing everything that we can to make our fans excited and proud and uh, ultimately find a way to win games. Well, Coach, when the D.C. Defenders host the Seattle Dragons on February 8th, I promise you, regardless of the elements, we will be there. It's going to be awesome to see the D.C. Defenders take the field first game in the XFL. Thank you so much again, Coach. Uh, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. We look forward to talking to you a whole lot more before the season and, and during the season. All right, thanks so much, guys. You got it. So I guess what I took mostly out of that good, crisp interview. You're too slow. Too slow. Sorry. I think the D.C. Defenders are going to be pretty fast. <laughs> you know what? It's it's people, people make millions of dollars of trying to figure out what coaches' strategies are, what their mindset was. You know, they, they, they write articles that are, you know, two days long uh, when you try to read these things. When Pep Hamilton's plan in this entire draft could be summed up in one word, and that's fast. That's what he wanted in this in this league because he knows the game's going to be fast. It was a great interview with Pep Hamilton. Uh, some good insight on what they were thinking during the draft, what they're doing now to get prepared, to get their players prepared. Uh, we talked about how the rule book would, would affect those players, Alan, and and really, that's that's an aspect that maybe some of these coaches are taking into account, or some of them are like, "Hey, it's football. We'll figure it out as we go." Yeah, that was really interesting to hear his uh, thought process going into the draft, knowing the kinds of coaches he's going to be coaching against, and getting the types of players he's going to need in order to compete with those styles. I love it. I love the strategy. I love that conversation with Pep Hamilton. And obviously, we had that interview uh, earlier in the week before the supplemental draft where DC really went like into the supplemental draft. They got more players than any other team for good reason. They've had some players join some NFL uh, practice squads. So they might, as Pep Hamilton, they expect said they, they expect him to re- be rejoining the team. But we shall see. That's why, one of the reasons why the XFL had the supplemental draft, Bryant, which we got to get into now because it's over, it's done with, and we've got a bunch of new names added to rosters and a lot of standouts that I've highlighted I want to talk about. And then three in particular that w- w- were announced before the supplemental draft we need to talk about if you're ready for this week's hot read. Fast, 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 fast. Super fast. <laughs> Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! So the XFL held a supplemental draft on Friday. And before the draft started Friday morning afternoon, an announcement was made. Three more quarterbacks assigned to XFL teams. And those teams were L.A., St. Louis, and Seattle. 
And the quarterbacks were Josh Johnson, who joined the LA Wildcats, Taylor Heineke, who joined the St. Louis Battlehawks, and Chase Litton, or Lighton, the Marshall quarterback, joining the Seattle Dragons. Three interesting names with some experience in the pros, or at least on pro teams in training camps, preseason, and some in even regular season games. And uh, we need to talk about these players before we get to the supplemental draft, Bryant, because, well, first of all, Josh John Johnson to L.A., kind of a bombshell because we, we did not consider the L.A. Uh, job. Well, all the jobs, obviously, theoretically are up for grabs in, in training camps. But Luis Perez, we thought, you know, would be pretty, you know, cemented as the starter in L.A. And he still might be. But Josh Johnson comes with a whole lot of sh whole lot of credibility. A whole lot of street cred. You're talking about the first pick in the AAF draft, Bryant, and you're talking about a guy who just last year was playing in a regular season NFL game. Yeah, and that's, you know, a lot of people wondered if he was going to make the, the jump again to spring football. A lot of people wondered why he wasn't one of the original assigned quarterbacks. I'm sure he's been on some practice squads and things like that this year. Uh, to see him jump to L.A. Uh, was kind of you know, unexpected. I mean, this whole announcement, I guess, was really unexpected. I did not expect to see three uh, more assigned quarterbacks leading up to the supplemental draft. Uh, so when I saw that this morning, I went into a frenzy and then tried to tweet it out as quickly as possible to get that information out there. But yeah, Josh Johnson to LA, you're right. The number one overall pick in the AAF draft, uh, never did play a down, ended up getting signed by an NFL team and played there. Uh, so he's going to give Luis Perez a run for, for his money. We're going to add that like you said, all, all jobs are up for grabs, but there's some that are more up for grabs than others. And Josh Johnson um, really caught me by surprise for Luis Perez. But I'll tell you, Alan, the one that got me the most uh, by surprise is Seattle getting another quarterback uh, when they already had uh, Brandon Silvers, uh, Callahan, and B.J. Daniels all up there already. It's going to be a pretty crowded room up there. They're going to have some, um, I guess, their choice of quarterback to start for them uh, come February. But... Yeah, this, this announcement caught me by surprise, but I guess not unexpected. We kind of talked about, and you've kind of talked about, really, I'll start giving you your props here and there, where they're going to start bringing quarterbacks and, and players in that they feel are going to make this league better um, as we get closer to kickoff. That's what Oliver Luck said uh, in a statement with these three more, three assigned quarterbacks being announced. Quote, our coaches and scouts are continuing to identify the very best talent available to the XFL and our teams, which elevates the level of competition. We are excited to welcome these three talented quarterbacks to our league and look forward to minicamp where our teams get on the field and competition begins. Uh, also interesting to speculate, too, that these three teams in particular getting three qu more quarterbacks or getting another quarterback assigned to them. Does that mean that maybe, I mean, we, we won't know or can't know yet, and who knows if we'll ever know, but... Maybe they drew the short straws. Maybe whenever they're, uh, they gave their list of quarterbacks they wanted to the league and the assigned quarterbacks, the first round at least, went through. And maybe that's why they got extra assigned quarterbacks. Who knows? We can only speculate in that regard. But the fact is, you have you know multiple capable quarterbacks, I think, in all three of these cities with L.A., Seattle, and St. Louis. St. Louis is also very interesting because... You have we've talked about Jordan Tamu as the youngest of the assigned quarterbacks and very promising. But then they also early on in the draft got Brogan Roback and now they got Taylor Heineke. I mean that is 
an interesting room as well because I could see any three of those guys being pretty quality quarterbacks in the XFL. That'll be a fun camp to watch for sure now, especially with this addition. Uh, uh, and that was really cool to see the XFL uh, announce that before the supplemental draft, Bryant, but then the supplemental draft happened. And we also had reports that players received their contracts uh, and, you know, all the news that came out with that. Pro Football Talk actually had a pretty uh, lengthy article about, you know, all the details if you want to dive into the numbers and all that for the players. Uh, we want to focus this week on the supplemental draft itself, though, but uh, the, 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 the contracts are out. Players are on these rosters. Mini camps are being announced. We know training camps happening in Houston, and we know a, a bunch of new players on these teams. And I want to go through some of the names that stood out. I got one name from each city at least that stood out, if you'll oblige me to talk about some players here, Bryant. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was an interesting, you know, we didn't get any details about this really until right before the draft. So so go ahead and, and, and give us what you can from these players because uh, it was very, you know, they, they played this close to the vest. I'm saying it your way this time. Um, but, but it makes sense because we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. A lot of players did go. Uh, Alan, you were able to find some. So let's, I guess, what, you want to start with L.A.? Might as well. Yep. Let's go where they roar like some wild cats out in Los Angeles. Ten players in the supplemental draft to Winston Moss's Los Angeles Wildcats. And the player that stood out the most to me among the ten, of course, XFL.com has full lists of all this you could go check out. But the player that stood out most to me, Bucky Hodges, the tight end, former Virginia Tech Hokie, a guy who scored 20 touchdowns in college, was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, I think has all the tools to be a playmaker in the XFL and uh, L.A. getting a tight end here after a, a tight end of theirs does join an NFL practice squad in Scott Orndorff, Bryant. So that made sense. And I think they replaced him pre pretty nicely. And they still, of course, potentially might get their original draft pick back. Who knows what happens come January. Uh, for so, you know, so there's something to be excited about there with that player. Plus, you got nine other players. L.A., one of the teams that really uh, loaded up on some supplemental draftees. Yeah, no, and, and you're right. You you have to kind of fill those gaps because you don't know what's going to happen with the players that have gone to the NFL. So to have a nice backup and, and a nice tight end, you know, you were saying scored a lot of touchdowns at Virginia Tech. Uh, makes sense for L.A. So I like their plan. I like their strategy. I'm sure all these teams had a, a strategy because they're all over the spectrum. Right? You had some teams pick a lot of players and some only pick a few. Yep. Uh, one of the other teams that picked a, a good amount of players, though, the New York Guardians – and uh, this is pretty much pretty, pretty, pretty cool story. I think one of the standout names, just because of if you've paid attention, any attention to the NFL preseason, you had to have heard the name uh, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. And if you're saying, who is that? Uh, this guy is a wide receiver and did. I mean, he had one of the coolest moments of the NFL preseason. He was homeless, this guy. And he, he basically fibbed his way into the Browns training <laughs> camp and on their preseason roster and in their first preseason game scored a touchdown. It was emotional. It was awesome to watch. I'm a Steelers fan and I even thought this was cool. It was preseason though. So, but the, for the Browns and now he's made it to, onto a pro football roster. So cool to see Damon Sheehy Giuseppe on the New York guardians roster, Brian. He, he Willie Mays did Willie Mays hazed it onto this roster, onto this roster in Cleveland. 
a great story really and just an opportunity and that's what this player is going to get you know he he's, he's going to go into new york and, and try to do what he did in the preseason I mean, uh, good on him, and I'm glad glad he got a job here. I remember during the preseason when you know you saw that all go down, and people were talking about his story. And I remember just thinking, I think we might have even talked about it on the show. I'm not sure, maybe on on like a bonus episode or something. But th- this guy's story is like what the XFL's all about. Like this guy's a football player looking for a shot, and here he goes, and he'll be playing in New York. Very cool. Uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks. Also got nine players, and believe it or not, the standout to me for them, and I think a lot of people will say this, is the punter, Marquette King, the (laughs) former Raider and Bronco, and really one of the only punters I've ever seen do a dance after a really good punt. Very, very good punter uh, going to the St. Louis Battlehawks, Bryant. He has some swag, right, is what we're going to see with this this man. He's going to... I'd love to see the punting rules and how he's going to use those to his advantage because I feel like he's he's going to he's going to analyze this. But yes, it's interesting that you bring a punter up, but at the same time, uh, it's one of the the more glorified, I guess, other than Pat McAfee, right? Yeah, he's probably one of the most glorified but that's punters the, of, the of be- recent memory. The beauty of this is that now we can maybe hopefully get some cool interviews with Pat McAfee and Marquette King. They're two really fun personalities, I think. And I wonder if you're a punter going into this league, if you're excited that you know. People can't just fair catch your kicks, and, and you maybe you're going to be more involved in this, or you're going to be more relied upon in certain ways. I don't know, but really cool to see. This is we're talking a multi-million dollar punter here. This guy's very talented, and uh, the Battlehawks got a good one there. Seattle, the Dragons got the least amount of players in the supplemental draft. Three players, although they did get one, a newly assigned quarterback, as we talked about. But uh, three players the standout to me: Anthony Moten who played at the U, the University of Miami, but this guy is a defensive tackle, he's six foot four. He is, I mean, in that perfect, perfect range, just over 300, yep. 300 pounds, but athletic and huge, just a monstrous human being. And uh, the Dragons, I think, got themselves a good load there. Uh, Tampa Bay, the Vipers, got five players, and we wanted this segment me to whittle them down to just one per team. I could have done multiple for the Vipers. I like what they did. But I went with Marcus Murphy, the running back, who at Missouri was just an everything type running back. I mean, he's got this guy's got speed. He's shifty. He could return kicks. And I think he did a little bit of that in New Orleans. He was held to kind of a high standard. And I don't know, injuries also maybe kind of cost him his opportunity there. But a very special athlete at running back, and who knows where else they put him on the field. And the Vipers, I think, got someone special there. And uh, you know with how Mark Tressman, I mean, knows how to get the most out of players. Brian knows what he's doing offensively. That's like a key weapon he might have just scored in a supplemental draft. Yeah, I mean, the man has over a 1,000 return yards in the NFL, so he's he's experienced enough to where Mark Trestman can take uh, full advantage of his skill set and work it into his system in some way, shape, or form. So I think he had a great landing spot, and and hopefully for Mark Trestman, this is going to help his team uh, do exactly what he talked about on this show. If you go back in the archives and listen how he wants uh, to play football. Uh, he wants that passion. He wants uh, that, that dedication. I think he's going to get it uh, with uh, Marcus Murphy. And next we'll take it to... The Houston Roughnecks, who themselves got seven players, and if we're talking just potential, might potentially might have gotten the best player in this in the supplemental draft. And Savion Smith, 
who played at Alabama and, uh, I mean, had a tumultuous college career in terms of committing to LSU, but then ending up going to, to junior college and then going going to Alabama was a consensus. We're talking, I mean, very rare do we see someone of his caliber coming out of high school consensus five-star recruit. All the tools at defensive back Savion Smith uh, and then goes to the Crimson Tide. Did all right there. It was part of a great defense. You know, he was he, he showed flashes, was in some NFL camps. Now he's going to be on Houston in the XFL. I think they, they could have scored, gotten a huge score there. I, I think when we're at the end of it, Bryant, we're going to definitely see some of the more effective and, and, and special players in this league come out of the supplemental draft the more we go up and down the rosters we see today. That's a good point, Alan. I mean, it'll be an interesting discussion to have once the season's over is where the best players came from, at least from what we see actually happening on the field. Uh, but Savion Smith, you know, still a young gun, only 22 years old. So still a lot to prove, but you're right. A consensus five-star recruit, and, and hopefully uh, he, he pans out in the XFL and, and, and kind of maybe get some, some more tape out there for himself to actually get back into to the NFL or, or what he's trying to do exactly. But, yeah, good, good, uh, crisp uh, pick here by good crisp uh, football by the Houston Roughnecks. Let's take it to DC where we talked to Pep Hamilton. You heard him earlier in the show. Uh, they have had the most players uh, get invited to become a part of NFL practice squads and NFL rosters. So they got the most players in the supplemental draft, thirteen of them, and none more. Uh, none stand out more to me. Then wide receiver Eli Rogers. Now, Bryant, you might say, well, you're a Steeler fan, Alan. You're biased, but yeah, A, yes, but two, uh, Eli Rogers was like, went healthy and, you know, uh, when his, you know, head was in the game, was a very good, legitimate slot receiver for the Steelers. He, I mean, you, you could argue, was the reason they beat the Patriots finally last year. And I am absolutely, I'll tell you, I'm shocked that he, the, an XFL team was able to land him. I thought, once healthy, you know, he had an injury just, you know, recently. He would get picked up by another NFL team or the Steelers would bring him back. But no. And here he is joining the D.C. Defenders today. Yeah, I mean, the D.C. Defenders, whoever's up there, you know, with helping Pep, they, they know how to draft. We, we On our bonus episode, you know, we talked about draft grades and what we thought everybody did. D.C. was kind of far and away what we both thought was one of the better drafts. Uh, now they're having one of the better supplemental drafts. Uh, you talk about hidden talent and finding talent and getting the opportunity to do these things. Uh, Eli Rogers, to have the opportunity to draft him, if anybody passed on him, uh, they either didn't need a wide receiver or didn't feel or didn't know he was on the <laughs> on the actual list. Uh, so DC doing another great job to fill in what seems to be a lot of holes that they had because of players going to practice squads. We talked about three of their first overall picks in, in, in five of the phases uh, had gone on to practice squads. So they had a lot of uh, holes to fill and, and looks like they did a pretty good job at it well no offense to any coaches that passed up on eli rogers but i'm gonna say if you passed up on eli rogers in this supplemental draft at all you are a dummy yes a dummy eli rogers is a special player and i think he's going to be great for the dc defenders and also brian you know what uh you know what kind of a a trait he has as a player, as a wide receiver, that I think Pepple Hamilton might like? Uh, uh, does it start with an F? Uh-huh. And with 
end with a T? Yes. And have an A and an S in it? Yes. Uh, I don't know what it is. That'd be fast. Oh, fast. Dude's oh, fast. Got it. He's multiple fast. Got it. <laughs> Quick, too. Dallas, final team for us to talk about here in the supplemental draft. The Renegades got 10 players. And of those 10 players, I have to say six foot five Jazz Ferguson stood out to me the most. Um, just a big body and a team that we know is going to be throwing the ball all over the place and maybe to some quicker guys to see them get a big guy that can maybe climb the ladder in the red zone. Uh, that might be a threat that we didn't think about the Dallas Renegades having, but now they got someone like that. And uh, that's scary. I think for a lot of teams, he could be pretty good. Jazz Ferguson um, among other good players that the Renegades got, I think, uh, but he was the one that, I, that, I mean, just looking at the – also, he was an SEC caliber receiver, ended up finishing his career at Northwestern State, but I know – I covered him, uh, you know, doing radio in Louisiana, Bryant. He's a pretty good player. And uh, like we said, how Mummy, all the receivers, Bob Stoops, all the receivers, and they got another one in the supplemental draft. Actually, they also got another one, too, in, in Floyd Allen, who played at Ole Miss. So they got – they're just loading up down there in Dallas with wideouts. Um, I'm surprised they picked anybody in the supplemental draft, to be honest with you, because I mean they seem to have gotten every single player <laughs> that they wanted to begin with. So they did say that. <laughs> to, <laughs> maybe there was a player there that they they missed or they they saw that they actually needed to have. Uh, but you're right, Jazz Ferguson, a, a big fella, a tall man. Uh, hopefully, he has the hands uh, to catch some of those passes from Landry Jones. There's the supplemental draft. Uh, the full list, of course, is out there. XFL.com is a is a great place to go check it out if you want to peruse all the players. And I'm sure we'll hear more and more about uh, who they are. If you don't know about some of these players, you, uh, the, like Brian said, social media for each team is doing a really good job of, of you know showing highlights and bios and get giving you you know insight into who's going to be putting on the uniform and. I already, you know, as a football nerd, I already know about a, a lot of these players, and I just want to highlight some of the uh, guys I think who might end up being special in this league. Obviously, though, we have a lot, of, a lot of road left. Eleven weeks, Bryant, as we wind down this show, and uh, I think even with all the hype and all the news coming out, the thing that we need to understand still, we can't let this get past us. With many camps coming in just a few short weeks, and then that big training camp fiesta in Houston. There are jobs to be won. Nobody necessarily has their spot secured just yet. You got to go out there and you got to earn it in the XFL. Yeah, Alan, I would almost say that the biggest question mark going in for this for the XFL right now is its rosters, right? You know, putting these whole things together, you know, with a 70-person draft and now the supplemental draft, uh, you know, players wanting to play still, you know, still wanting to play football or not. A lot of moving parts of these rosters still still to be had, so as solidified as you feel with these rosters, it's probably still a very, uh, very shaky uh, surface. Well, it's yeah, it's just going to be a, a, a work in progress. You know, you've built the foundation as the as coaches like Pep Hamilton that we talked to today. You know, they they've built a foundation. They've got their guys, and now they have their dates, and they know the the the, the times and where they need to be. And now they put the strategy forward where you create. You a team. You come together as a team. Those are the next steps. 
I mean, that's that's the fun part. So here we go. And uh, more mini camp announcements we can't wait to talk about. Uh, I'm sure Vince will have some very, very interesting opinions. I, I am shocked. I mean, I'm, you're talking about someone who absolutely loves Las Vegas. Didn't even finish the show this week, Brian, because he's actually in Vegas. Couldn't believe he didn't like that Vegas for the Wildcats. I don't know. But we'll see what he thinks of the other mini camp locations <laughs> and all the other news coming out. Because as Jake would remind us, too, I'm sure we're, he's waiting for jerseys. I'm sure that uh, we're all waiting for the rule book. Lots of fun stuff on the horizon. You know, we for so long we've sectioned off what's what's to come, right? But I'm I'm almost done with that, Alan, because so much information comes out every single week. Things that we didn't even think were coming. Uh, so really, just prepare yourself for how many more weeks, Alan? Eleven weeks. Eleven weeks of fluidity and a lot of announcements happening by the league, by us, by whoever is covering this league. There's gonna be a lot of things coming out. So prepare yourselves because this is probably the first week of eleven more to come that you're just going to get a lot of different tidbits here and there, uh, things that we're probably not going to be able to talk about on this show just because, you know, there's just not enough time. So eventually we'll figure out how to get all that information out to you guys. But just sit back and, like I always say, enjoy the ride. Uh, there's there's still a lot to be had for sure. And, of course, follow us at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The YouTube, of course, the YouTube channel. Tons of great stuff there in, in terms of full episodes, uh, interviews. If you want to just listen to those isolated, we got them there for you. So check us out on YouTube. This is the XFL show. And, of course, that XFL fan line. Join the Football Advisory Network for sure. We're going to be interacting with everybody there, Brian. I know that. But call in to directly get involved on the show. 724-565-4XFL for Coach Pep Hamilton, we want to thank him again and everybody at the D.C. Defenders for helping us set up that interview. We look forward to talking to Coach and many more D.C. Defenders in the future. We look forward to having more great guests on here for you listeners, you football freaks. That was awesome. And, of course, for Jake and for Bryant and for Vince, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.